that their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Kaiser doesn't see him. Ball is out. There always seems to be one team further behind. All right, gang, welcome to the Brown Notes podcast, where we let them rip on the Cleveland Browns. My name is Scott. And this is Rico. Uh, week, I don't know, whatever, week week 13, uh, Cleveland in L.A., coming off a loss against Denver. It's a freaking mash unit. Everybody's hurt. Joe Flacco makes his first start after two weeks. They really need this game. They took an L on this one. Scott, 36 to 19, but Pittsburgh lost. So that puts them, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and Houston all at seven and five. They're still in it, but boy, this was kind of a dud today, Scott. Yeah, and a lost opportunity with Pittsburgh uh, losing to Arizona a game that people thought people looked at the Steelers remaining schedule and thought everything is lining up for them. They got rid of Matt Canada. They scored 16 points. They're ready to roll. And uh, today they came out and scored 10 points and the quarterback got hurt. So, you <laughs> know, right. um, so and he needs surgery and he needs surgery. He's going to be out for two to four weeks. So for all intents and purposes, Pittsburgh is now a non-factor. So now you got to worry about Indianapolis and Houston. Well, you've beat Indianapolis. So you don't really have to worry about them and you control your destiny against Houston. So, um, today, well, I, what did we see today? I mean, I think we saw, well, for one thing going out West, this road trip, made me nervous anyhow back at the beginning of the season and denver i don't know if denver won today but i think after our game they had won what four in a row um this now makes yep. it th three in a row for the rams and so you have yep. these teams out west that are surging meanwhile the browns are sustaining injuries to even more players they've lost their quarterback for the season They've got another one concussed. They bring in another guy who was unemployed and watching soap operas in the afternoon. And <laughs> so it feels like to me, I'm not in a panicked state. It feels like the Browns may have just run into a buzzsaw. And I well, kind of sure. was worried about that going out there. This is why those two division games against the Steelers and the Ravens were so critical. And thankfully, we didn't split those or lose both of those. So we ran into a buzzsaw. Um, there's a lot to talk about, but Kevin Stavansky is not good on the road. He's a different coach at home than he is on the road. You're coming home. You have Jacksonville coming up. Um Jacksonville's a good club, but today, and I, I really want to get your thoughts on this, today 
we may have a little hope given what we saw at quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of other issues, but just give me your thoughts. Where where are you at with this? Are you with me where you're not in pa- I'm not in panic mode. No, no, I'm definitely not in panic mode. Listen, they've got they're they're seven and five. They've got five games left. Three out of those five, let's just say, let's say the Jets, it came out today that it's unlikely that Aaron Rodgers is going to play this year. No big surprise. So the Jets are completely beatable. Cincinnati is completely beatable. And Chicago is completely beatable. Um, I, I know that so many injuries. Now Amari Cooper is in the protocol. DTR is still in the protocol. Um, it looks like uh, the dude that's playing left tackle, Christian, I think is his last name. He's serviceable. I, I don't think he's done that bad of a job. Nonetheless, you've got Denzel Ward hurt for the one millionth time. Um, Miles Garrett's got the shoulder, and I think I would have taken a different angle if I were him, Scott. Today in the presser after the game, he said the shoulder was not a factor. I probably would have leaned heavily into the shoulder if I were him because he was absolutely missing in action today. So if the shoulder wasn't a factor and he was missing in action today, that is no bueno. Having said all that, I'm not panicking at all. They're still in a good spot. They still control their own destiny. Joe Flacco looked, listen, I don't care what anybody says about the pick at the end of the game. Okay. It was a bad throw. It was a bad throw, but this loss, bad not play his call. fault, bad, maybe a bad play call. Um, who knows? I don't think we'll ever know that regardless. I am not. It's not Joe Flacco's fault. They won. Dude, he is throwing fucking darts today, first of all. Like, there's nothing wrong with that guy's arm. And here's the other thing that I saw. I saw a dude that that knows where, not where guys are, but he knows after two weeks, he knows where guys are supposed to be. And he's throwing the ball where the guys are going to be. On the replays, there were plenty of times where he made some really great throws to open spaces where guys were going to be in about three or four steps and make completions that way. So I, that That is super promising, and we haven't seen a whole lot of that this year. The other thing that gives me hope, oddly enough, is that he'd have looked even better, but there was, again today, a few really key drops and that that really did not help them. They didn't have as many today as they had the last couple of games. But today, Amari Cooper had a couple of drops. Um, I think Elijah Moore had one that he probably could have caught. Uh, Najoku with his toe on the sidelines by like one smidge, man. It was so close. Like those are like three or four plays right there that could have made a gigantic difference. But having said that, the guy's been on the team for two weeks and he already looks like the best quarterback on the roster, which we might get to that later on in the conversation too. But no, I agree with you. They still, in spite of everything, control their own destiny to the playoffs. So I am definitely not panicking right now. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't figure out, like, it looked like when the Browns had the ball with seven minutes left in the game that they had the opportunity to kind of close the game out in a similar way that they, you know, did against other opponents. I think the Steelers and the Ravens come to mind where it's just 
It's just get conservative a little bit, eat some clock. I know the running game wasn't really working, but I think you did see some promise at times out of Kareem Hunt. I would have just been real conservative there. And for Stefanski to come out going downfield like that and to have it happen against John Johnson, the third of all people, the only solace I can take, because, you know, he loved that moment. That was like the oh, best sure. He, t- he, he posted about it after the game. But here's the thing, buddy. That really was your Super Bowl because the Rams won theirs while you were wearing brown and orange. So you took a two-year sabbatical in Cleveland to lose a Super Bowl ring. So I hope you enjoyed <laughs> that right. pick because that's yeah. your moment in the sun. You basically that's sacrificed, it, buddy. You sacrificed a ring for money So for two years in Cleveland. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy your new shoes. Yeah, um, but yeah, enjoy. dude. That 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 um, you brought up a good point there. There were a few times during the game where these down the down the down the field throws were really giant question marks. I don't think they really needed to do that. And I'm just wondering if Stefanski called those or if Flacco checked into those, because I remember not the interception, but the other long bomb to Elijah Moore that I did. Were you watching the game or were you listening? Yeah. To the game? Watching. Yep. Okay. Did you see the camera was behind the huddle and before the, before the huddle broke and before the guys went into their formations, Elijah Moore said something to Flacco mm. and then he went out right. And then Flacco threw the bomb to him and missed it. Yeah. I, I wonder if they che- he checked out of that play. I bet. I wonder if Elijah Moore told him, "I'm going to be open here. Throw me open," and he checked out of the play and threw it down there. So that's my question. Those long throws. I would really like to know who's responsible for those plays because I'm not exactly convinced that it was Stefanski, but I, you know, it might have been. I'm not. That's sure. interesting. Well, I wonder if that will be answered. Like, say, for instance, DTR is named the quarterback next week. And would that mm. maybe be, well, I want a guy who will listen to me out there as opposed to a guy who's going to do his own thing, even though Flacco looked better. So there could be a little bit of that ego thing going on. Uh, Stefanski did not name a quarterback next week. So I find that absolutely ridiculous. I think we saw the best <laughs> QB play today. We've seen, I am not going to take away Tennessee and the second half of that Ravens game from Deshaun specifically the second half of that Ravens game I think will forever be underappreciated for what he was able to do with a broken bone in his shoulder against that team in that stadium down with nine minutes left I think is going to be I think it's I texted this to you that is one of the gutsiest NFL performances ever and it'll never, never take get, that away from him. that's right but it'll never get any run because his reputation is trash in the league so that's no, right no one talked about that anywhere that he did but i digress aside from those two moments out of deshaun watson this was the best quarterback play we've seen all year I texted you. I find it really frustrating that before the trade deadline, we were in PJ Walker land riding an XFL quarterback and everybody's screaming, go out and get a quarterback. People were begging uh, Barry to go trade for Jacoby Brissett of all people. So desperate to get, because really with the way the defense was playing, all the Browns needed at quarterback was someone to let the defense win the game. 
Don't turn the ball over. Manage the game. The defense will win it for you if the offense will just not fuck it up was all they (laughs) needed out of the quarterback position, and they weren't getting that. And it's maddening to me that they could have went. You'd have to trade for Joe Flacco. He was literally unemployed. And all they had to do was go get him. They could have got him a month and a half ago. And they could have got him the second that Deshaun Watson, that morning when it came out that he was, and it totally shocked all of us coming off of that Ravens win, that he was out for the year. They could have went and got him that afternoon. And we could have been seeing this level of quarterback play this entire time instead of the fucking garbage we've been watching. And I know DTR has played well at times, but he was also like heavily, heavily managed in that Steelers victory to to win that game, heavily managed. And when they tried to turn him loose in that Denver game, it was a shit show. He did he did put together a couple nice series, but even still, I just feel way more comfortable with this team, with these veterans and these players and that locker room being led by a veteran quarterback of Flacco's pedigree than DTR and sure as shit fucking PJ Walker. So I think this is like it's a bad look on the people running this team that they could pull this guy off the streets and he could play that well immediately. Yeah, but see the in today's NFL in 2023, everybody's gotta out everybody's gotta outsmart each other with, with these athletic running quarterbacks. And instead of making the smart move by getting this dude who's got uber experience, he's a Super Bowl goddamn MVP, man. That's gotta be worth something, right? Instead yeah. of giving him a shot. You would rather try to outsmart yourself and everybody else by sticking with an athletic running type of a quarterback so that you could win in the way the NFL is wants everybody to win right now. Everybody, everybody wants to do it with a young athletic quarterback. And if, and if, and if Miami can do it with Tua and if, um, and if this team could do it with this guy, then I'm going to do it with my guy and I'm going to win the way everybody else is winning. Instead of just winning, nobody wants a statue anymore, dude. Nobody yeah, wants yeah. statue. Nobody wants statues anymore. And, and I already, I texted you how long it was going to take for somebody on X to post that right now, Joe Flacco is already better than Deshaun Watson. I already saw it. Uh, and I, and I knew it wasn't going to take long, but to your point, he looked better today than Deshaun Watson, aside from those two halves, has yeah. looked since he's worn an orange helmet. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fact. Yeah, fact. and it, it wasn't just like the darts. It was the distribution. I texted you, and like all yeah. of a sudden, everyone is getting in the ball. Elijah Moore, best game since he's a Brown, okay? We saw Njoku, we saw Bryant, we saw Bell of all people catch making Bell. catches. I mean, the distribution, <laughs> Cooper, before he got hurt, all of a sudden, everybody in the offense was getting involved. Harrison Bryant looked like an NFL tight end, if you can believe that. Yep. So, and, it, and it's not just the distribution. It's like, it's that. It, yes, it is definitely that, but it's also throwing throwing to an open spot knowing that a guy is going to be there and 
not get knowing having the wherewithal to get rid of the ball before taking a sack or when he scrambled right rather than keeping it and getting demolished he dumped it off to harrison bryant for a first down i texted you deshaun would have never done that he'd have kept the ball and ran and kept the keeper and he'd have got fucking smashed but instead flacco did the smart thing and he dumped it off and let his tight end do all the work and got a first down out of it and he didn't get hit it's all that stuff dude are and you confident? Are you confident huh? he starts on Sunday? Say that one more time. I said, are you confident that he starts on Sunday? Uh, no, I'm not confident in that because I'm not confident that Stefanski is going to <laughs> be sensible and start him again. He's going to, if DTR gets out of protocol, he's going to do something cute and try to outsmart everybody else. And he's going to wind up outsmarting himself and fucking this up. The real answer is Flacco should start the rest of the year is the yeah, real answer. I don't think he can do it um, because for one thing, I have a suspicion that Stefanski actually prefers this kind of quarterback, you know? Um, And I also think that the locker room, those guys catching those passes, their stats have been shit all year. All of these wideouts want stats, and their stats have been garbage. And I think these guys, man, they can, you know, I think the locker room will be upset if he goes back to a rookie quarterback. Maybe you're on to something when you said, that maybe he wants somebody that's going to quote-unquote follow instructions. Maybe he checked out of those plays, and maybe that pissed Stefanski off a little bit, and maybe he's got to think twice about it. But, dude, he needs to put his if, – if that's it, that's ridiculous. And what he really needs to do is just put that shit aside and recognize that Flacco ought to be the guy the rest of the year because clearly he showed that he he ought to be the guy the rest of the year, don't you think? Yeah, and like I said, I think the locker room, um, they see it too. And I don't think you're going to, I don't think, I think you'd have a fucking mutiny on your hands if you tried to sell those veterans in that locker room that want a shot at the playoffs on handing what are now critical, a critical five-game season, handing that to a rookie quarterback. And let me remind everybody, We played this six-game season thing last year. I talked about this last week on the podcast. We did this last year with Deshaun Watson, and we all thought, well, we got these six games. Let's win them all and get into the playoffs. Well, not only did we have a, a quarterback who seemingly forgot how to play, but we also had a game against the Saints where it was negative 30 or whatever the hell it was in Cleveland that day. We had another game against the Ravens when it was a monsoon. So in other words, we're heading into December in Cleveland here. We don't know. We can't predict even what these remaining games will look like weather-wise, okay? I understand it was a downpour in Pittsburgh today. So the idea that we can just chalk up wins in any of these, because we don't know, you know, there can be other factors outside of who's starting at quarterback, but I trust a guy who's been in the league a hundred years, um, even with some diminishing skills more so than I would a rookie quarterback in this situation. I mean, he didn't, I mean, yeah, he's 38 and, you know, realistically speaking you do lose you start to lose some things as a professional athlete when you're 38 but dude he didn't look like he lost that much man like no, his arm looked great 
He he looked like he was reading defenses like it was nothing. He was throwing he was throwing guys open. He was uh, he was not taking sacks. I mean, you can't really count the fucking ones at the end. You can't count that. I think everybody was ca- basically cashed it in at the end. But he looked he looked every bit as good as at any point in his career, to be perfectly honest with you. And he's only been on the team for two freaking weeks, man. Like, yeah. what's going to happen when he actually gets intimately familiar with the offense and and not just on the surface, right? Well, let me ask you that. I mean, what do the Browns look like if they get competent quarterback play? I mean, if if now listen, the defense can't go out and give up 36 points every week and 400 yards of offense, but I'm hoping at some point you get Ward back. I don't know what the hell's happened to the defense. I really don't. I think Schwartz got his pants coached off by uh by what's his face today, the the Rams head coach McVeigh. Um, oh yeah, McVeigh owns Schwartz today for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, but if they get if the defense starts to look like the defense we've had all season, and they get this level of quarterback play, I wouldn't want to see the Browns in the playoffs. God, no, no. With competent quarterback play, you get you get today actually is what is what you get, and you get a guy who's was his his QBR really was around 90 today. He in in before the game I thought to myself if he threw for like 200 yards and a touchdown that to me that's a that's that's what I would be happy with that. He did way better than that. Forget about the pick at the end. He it, it was that was a bad decision on his part, but but yeah, with quarter with competent quarterback play you get today you get a football team that can be really fucking dangerous now again it's going to depend on the defense the defense has been exposed man that's a fact like ever since you want to know what i think is where where cleveland got exposed the indiana the indianapolis game where garden Minshew looked like a freaking rock star I think yeah. that was the point in which the defense was exposed and they've had trouble ever since the Indianapolis game. And I think I think the the book is out on them now and it's up to uh Schwartz to recognize that and fix it before it's too late. You're right, man. This is a five game season. They have no room to fuck around with this. They have got it's go time. It's go time and, and they've got to they got to start putting it together. So there's some other teams like Denver, like LA. There's some other teams that are putting it together at the right time. And and we don't have much more time to start putting it together ourselves. You know what I'm saying? The, one of the things that's concerning about the defense is LA doesn't have a great offensive line. And Stafford is pretty much a statue back there, too. So it looked yep. like, so the fact that they couldn't get pressure on the quarterback, they couldn't get a sack, they couldn't get to the quarterback, that was really disturbing, man. Especially there were moments in that game where, you know, had they been able to get pressure on the quarterback or even better get a sack they could have really put the game away at certain points and they've been able yeah. to do that at other times in the year get that key sack at that key moment just couldn't happen for him today and i couldn't really figure out why yeah i mean and and not having denzel ward was a a big factor but but 
damn, dude, these are professional football players who have looked really good all year. And I find it really hard to believe that without Denzel Ward, who, sorry, he's in that thing now that BK says, once you start getting hurt, you never get, stop getting hurt. He gets hurt a lot. And so I find it really hard to believe that our defensive backfield goes from being that good with him on the field to that shitty with him off the field. I find that hard to believe that those other guys who are like Martin Emerson's really good, man. Newsom mm -hmm. is, is pretty good. And those guys look like shit today, man. And I don't know if it's them or if it's, I don't know. I don't know what the hell it may, is. If it's the fact that, uh, like you said, McVeigh just out coached Jim Schwartz, but they can't, I, I guess it's a mental thing because they can't, I feel like somewhere in there is a defensive backfield who, who in the way back in the bowels of their psyche, kind of, kind of freaked, kind of melted down a little bit. Once Denzel Ward wasn't going to play, they're like, shit, our best dudes, our dudes not here. We're fucked. You know how you get that little thing, that little voice and way in the back of your mind that says you're fucked. And yeah. then you wind up being fucked because that little voice actually winds up changing things enough to where you wind up being fucked. I think maybe that's part of it, and they gotta they gotta get over that, man. They they can't let one guy being gone make that big of a difference. And today it did. Well, it's interesting. You sent me that clip of Garrett, um, where when he was asked about his shoulder, and he he said, didn't he say in that clip something along the lines of, "I felt they just out schemed us," so yeah. he kind of threw shorts under the bus. Yeah, I mean, he said the shoulder wasn't really a factor. They just had they just had a good plan or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Essentially, what you just said. So I, I don't know what that means, but he's gonna he's gonna there. Everybody, you know, he everybody's been leaning super heavy on him winning this defensive player of the year award, and he's eliminating himself when he says when he has this bad of a game, and then says the shoulder wasn't a factor, and then kind of throws your coach under the bus. That's not going to get you any awards, and it's it's not going to get you any brownie points with people either when you when you don't take responsibility, right? He was yeah. AWOL today, and his answer to being AWOL was, "Well, they had a better scheme than we did." Man, that's not the it's not a good answer, right? I, I don't think so. Anyway, can we take a trip? Now we got a few minutes left. Can we take a yeah. trip to Fantasy Island here? Let's just say for. And I has I really kind of don't want to do what I'm about to do because I think if this year has taught me anything about the NFL, it really is that old cliche of any given Sunday. This season for the Browns has really been a week to week thing, more week to week yep. than I can ever recall it being, you know, because yep. it's almost like the circumstances of every game are a unique entity unto themselves that it doesn't make a ton of sense to look ahead and like play the schedule game because kind of like all the moving parts involved in every individual matchup have varied so much from week to week, mostly being the quarterback, but others as well. So it really has been a week to week season. So I hesitate to do this, but let's just have a little fun for a minute. Let's sure. say that in the last five games, Joe Flacco looks super sharp. Like you said, like he had, like he hasn't lost anything. He's throwing darts. He's looking as good at, with decision-making as he ever has at any point in his career. 
and the Browns managed to put together a winning record and kicks and giggles make the playoffs, right? Yeah. <clears throat> we won't we won't talk about Fantasy Island what happens in the playoffs. But let's say <clears throat> let's say they finish strong with Flacco. Flacco looks great. We actually have an offense and they make the playoffs. Going in the next year <laughs> with Deshaun Watson coming back from this injury, do you try to get Flacco under contract as a backup? Could there be, if the offense in the next five games, and we'll, we'll include today, even though they didn't score a ton of points, but if it actually looks like a functioning NFL offense, which it really hasn't looked like in a long time, if if they're able to look that good, is there any possibility that this guy could quarterback this team next year? Uh, is Would there be... Could he supplant Deshaun Watson if Watson looks like shit or is still inconsistent at quarterback? Is there any possibility we could see this guy if he plays well? Fantasy Island, we're just playing a game here. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think the big elephant in the room right now is Joe Flacco looked as good, if not better, than Deshaun has looked since he's been with the Browns. That's the big elephant in the room right now. The the, the answer to your question is, yeah, plausible for sure. But the big monkey wrench in this equation is two hundred. There's two hundred and thirty million reasons why Joe Flacco won't be back in Cleveland next year, and, and that's a fact. It has nothing to do with anything else. And DTR is. They've they've already made it quite clear that he is a long term investment for them, and so at best Joe Flacco would be a practice squad guy, and not for long because if he plays well this year, somebody he's going to be starting for he'll be starting for somebody else next year. What is because, DT? What is DTR's ceiling? What what is it like? What other quarterback in the league do they view him as being the equivalent of? I think they view him as I. I think I texted you about this. I think they view him as an Aaron Rodgers project, and in three or four years, when Deshaun Watson's contract is up, they'll have an option of re-signing Deshaun Watson or going with the guy who is going to replace him, which is going to be DTR. And the thought is we're going to play Aaron Rodgers with him and let him cook for the remainder of Deshaun Watson's contract. And then we'll have two eggs in our basket instead of just one when Deshaun Watson's contract is up. And then the ball will be in our court and we'll have options. But where where was Aaron Rodgers drafted? I mean, um, I, I know Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for four years, but wasn't... He, I think he, he was still a first-round pick, I believe. Yeah, I mean, this is a kid who was drafted in the fifth round. And I yeah. know Aaron Rodgers sat for four years behind Favre. One, that was more commonplace back then. I see the parallel. But I'm just saying Aaron Rodgers had a way higher ceiling, <laughs> projected ceiling, than I don't know what is DTR. Like, for a fifth-round draft, um, what, what do they think his ceiling is? Well, I mean – I, I, <sighs> I mean, I've read the scouting reports coming out of UCLA, and he's got he's got a freaking rocket just like Flacco does. Um, but the knocks on the knock on him is leadership. Like he needs to work on his leadership skills. 
Um, he gets a little, and you can see that um, against the Steelers, he got a little emotional. And and when you're a professional NFL quarterback, you can't get emotional. You Flacco is a freaking robot, which actually works in his favor. Um, yeah. When you're on the field, you got to be a robot, man, right? Oh, um, yeah. The only, the only quarterback that I can ever think of that was not a robot, but it didn't matter. I that I can think of off the top of my head is maybe Peyton Manning. He was always very animated on the field, but it didn't matter because he was he was fucking playing four D chess against everybody. It didn't matter. But so, but like, go ahead. yeah, but go ahead. Like, who's who's out there in the league right now that they think DTR can be? I mean, is it what is it? Geno Smith? Is it Tua? No, I like, think they, they, I think they think. They could make him into a Deshaun Watson. So okay, so they think he can he can be at that level. Well, Deshaun Watson was like what twelfth overall pick, twelfth or sixteenth, something like that. I, I mean, mean, again, I they, well, I mean, the, and the difference the difference is Deshaun Watson was ready right away, and DTR is going to cook for three years. So they're thinking. I, I'm just guessing. I'm thinking that they're thinking it. During the during the rest of Deshaun Watson's contract, DTR will cook and marinate and become a D and become a Deshaun Watson. And so, when his contract is up, they'll have two guys. They'll have a guy that they developed into the guy whose contract is just ending, and then they'll have options that then that, that favors them. I I I could be completely wrong. No, about I, this, but that's just I, the way I see it. I get that, but it's like, but. Why didn't why was he sitting on the board in the fifth round if he had the potential to become Deshaun Watson with a little more time in the oven? I mean, it seems to me that other teams would that because teams reach for quarterbacks like crazy now in this league. Well, so I mean, this kid was sitting there in the fifth round. Well, <laughs> you know? he got, he's got he's got first or second round physical skills, and he's got fifth round. Um, uh, he's he's fifth round emotionally. He he needs to cook more emotionally. He's fifth round emotionally, and he's first or second round physically. From from what I've read. Well, here would be my suggestion to the Browns: then put him back in the oven. If you were gonna cook him for four years anyway, and let Joe Flacco start the rest of the year, and name your quarterback so your locker room can have some stability, and don't play yo-yo emotional bullshit games with your players. Um, name him the quarterback like now get that in alignment so that everybody can just know where they stand and end all the drama and let DTR watch a guy who won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but do you think Kevin Stefanski is willing and or capable of making that kind of a sensible move without trying to outsmart himself and, and overthink this? Do you think he's capable of that? I don't think with five games left, they have any room to not allow someone a full complement of practices during the week and not let the locker room know exactly who's going to be, you know, running the game on Sunday. It, it, I totally agree with you. It's not the third game of the year. It's not the first three games of the year where it's essentially yeah. an extended preseason. Like I said, this is freaking it's go time. Um, yep. So they need to get to get it moving right now. Absolutely. All right, Rico. Go Browns. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Go Browns, baby. I'm fucking angry, son of a bitch! I'm fucking-
Brown, all day, all night. Ever wonder if rock and roll is dead? Does the music we grew up loving align with modern sensibilities? Or should it be relegated to the dustbin of regrettable rock history? My name is Scott. And this is Rico. We are your rock and roll pathologists. Join us as we take your favorite songs and put them under the knife every week on Rock and Roll Autopsy. New episodes every Sunday at midnight, wherever you stream your podcasts. The Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast.